It's time for This Week in WordPress. We've reached the milestone of 150 episodes, and this one is called Prices Only Go Up, They Never Go Down. I'm joined this week by Paul Lacey, as always, but also by Christina Hawkin and Bernard Grineau, so that we can chat about the WordPress news for this week. It was recorded on Monday the 15th of February 2021. As always, a ton has happened. WordPress has surpassed 40% of the CMS market for the top X number of websites. That's a significant milestone. GoDaddy have got a new product called The Hub, which enables you to maintain your WordPress websites. Elementor have increased their prices. Does this affect you? It may well do, and it may well mean that you've got to find some more money, but you'll get better support. WP Feedback as a WordPress plugin. It's going away and it's now being replaced by a SaaS alternative called Atarim. We have a great article which ties together all the resources you could possibly need about full site editing, which is coming in the block editor. Beaver Builder have updated their marketing game and they're producing lots of new content. And we talk briefly about that. I show you WP Rocket's new website, which is super lightning fast. It's based upon Gutenberg. And also Bernard tells us what's coming in pods 2.8, which is just around the corner. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress is brought to you this week by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello there. Hello. Welcome to Week in WordPress once more. Episode, I believe this is 150 or something. Highly short, but let's say it's 150. As always, joined with a fresh-faced panel of people. Um, we were just commenting just before the show began how how ill-prepared, fresh-faced we all believe we look. But um, but here we are. Over Paul Lacey's got a, an interesting look. He's got his glasses positioned on his forehead. That's nice. yeah, look like some kind of World War Two fighter pilot. I think oh, that's I the see. look I was, was going that... for today. Okay, yeah. Biggles. That was the look, was it? Okay, but a the, base, um... baseball. Baseball playing fighter pilot. Okay. From, from the night. Yeah. I, I like what it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Thank you, whoever you are in the in the comments, for saying congratulations for getting to episode 150. I appreciate that, whoever you are. Um, let's do the introductions first, though, properly. So over on my uh, that side is Paul Lacey. How are you doing, Paul? Doing good, thank you. Doing good, and um, looking forward to today. We've got some really good discussion points today, I think. Yeah. Uh, lots yeah. lots of lots of stuff around change. Yeah. In, in the whole environment we all work in. So yeah. some good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. And we're also joined um, by Christina Hawkins. How are you doing, Christina? I'm good. It's I'm in Houston and it's snowing. So oh, we're all about know, freaking out about about now. <laughs> I actually saw that. That was so significant a thing that it was in my news feed on the BBC today. It's so that news snowing. It's an inch of snow outside my window. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the last time it snowed was 15 years ago. Wow. And it was a dust. Okay. So we're yeah, all, that, we that closed is a big the, deal. Yeah. We shut the schools down. There's like that much snow. We shut the schools down. Yeah. Stay inside. Stay warm. Oh, yeah. And uh and let's talk about WordPress. And then finally over there we have Bernard Grineau. How are you doing? Fine, fine. Very good. No nice snow here. You. No? Really? Sun. Austria? Yeah, a little bit of snow, but in the south of Austria or or 
east, not south. Oh, crazy. In the east <laughs> oh. of Austria, we had a little bit of snow, but it's melted and now it's cold again, but cold without snow. So just a tiny little bit. But if you go to the south of Austria, like uh, Carinthia or other areas or Tyrol, then you have lots of snow. Okay. Well, we have snow. I had a lovely large snowball fight with my children yesterday and I got absolutely oh. schooled in how to do snowballing. Yeah, a couple of things just before we begin. Um, head over to these pages. I presume you are either on one of these pages or certainly somewhere else. WPBuilt.com forward slash live. You can, you can comment over there using YouTube comments. So you need to be logged in with a Google account, but WPBuilt.com forward slash live enables you to do that. And then if you want to comment and you're logged into Facebook and you in our Facebook group, go to wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook, and that will take you to our group, and you can comment there. And we always appreciate it when people do. We'll try to put as many of those on as we can. But we are going to be talking about the news in the WordPress space for the last week, which commenced on the 8th of February, 2020. Um, and I'll share my screen so that you can see exactly what's going on. Didn't mean to show that one first. Let's go for this oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we got snuck in the pod screen first. This is uh, this is our website. We're wpbuilds.com. Over here, we produce a load of WordPress content each week, primarily what you're listening to now, which is This Week in WordPress. We produce this. We do it live on a Monday. And so, obviously, if you're watching that, you knew that already. But if you're listening to the replay, that goes out on a Tuesday. We make it into an audio podcast episode, but we also put the video on YouTube so you can watch it at your leisure. We produce a podcast, a normal podcast with interviews and so on. Uh, that comes out on a Thursday at 1 p.m. UK time. And, and you can find all of that by going to our archives section here, archives uh, menu item. Um, we've got a subscribe page if you want to keep in touch with what we do. Go to this page, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. You can find, find different email lists to sign up to for different kinds of things, but also RSS feeds for podcast players and links to our Facebook group and so on and so forth. And then finally, I always mention this week because it gets a lot of use, and I think it's actually quite useful for people, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. We've got a ton of permanently there. None of these have ever been taken down deals in the WordPress space. So if you're looking for something this week, go and check it out, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. Okay. We'll get stuck into it properly this week, and we're going to start with a quite a nice piece of news, or at least I think it's quite a nice piece of news. This is over on WP Tavern. Sarah Gooding uh, writes an article entitled WordPress Pass Passes 40% Market Share of Alexa Top 10 Million Website. I mean, good grief. I remember when this was 20-something. I think when I joined WordPress, we were in the, like, the late 20s. Mm -hmm. Now we're up to 40%. The growth doesn't seem to be slowing down. I don't know if COVID has anything to do with the rapid increase because it went from, I think it was 35 or something like that at the start of the year. Oh, here we go, right at the top of the article. 35.4% this time last year, basically. So seen at roughly a 5% increase. And what's really interesting is, obviously there's that top line number, which is based upon the top 10 million websites. And they in the article, they go to describe why that why they use that mechanism, just because there are millions of websites which are just junk. You know, they literally are there for domain squatting and nonsense. Um, and if you included those, it would obviously skew the figures slightly. But this is the, the bit that fascinates me. Among the top 1,000 websites, so trim that list by a factor of 100, sorry, 1,000, and it's closer to 52% which is just nuts. And, and it captures 66% for 
for new sites. So basically, if there's a if there's a site redesign going on in the top thousand, there's a two in three chance that they'll decide to go and use WordPress. They'll migrate over to WordPress, which is mm-hmm. absolutely mind bending. Mm-hmm. Now, constantly hearing chatter about Squarespace and Wix and all of these kind of platforms, but articles like this just give me real confidence that I'm in the right place at the right time. Anybody want to take this one on? I just look at it like, um, you know, everyone's always scared when with with referring Wix and Squarespace and some of these other tools, like, oh, my God, if, if we start pumping up these other tools, no one's going to want, want to use WordPress or, you know, I'm like, that is not a problem <laughs> at all. You know, it's just, in fact, just last week, I had somebody come in like, you know what, it'd be probably better if you went over to Squarespace and build something yourself. And when you're done, a couple of years later, come on over. We'll, we'll get you work up right because they just don't have a budget. And I'm like, just go to some of these other places, whip it up yourself, go to wordpress.com and do it too as well. Yeah. But uh, I just, you know, I think it just dispels that notion that, that WordPress isn't the right tool or it's going away or I'm like, no, it's actually quite the opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It so, certainly feels that way. Yeah. Davinda posted today in his Facebook group, when you're going to stop using WordPress, um, I just answered no. Not now until I stop. <laughs> I mean, you never know what's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe there comes a contender, maybe there comes a different solution. Uh, I think it's fairly easy to get started with WordPress and people know about it, so they ask about it. So it's like a little bit of self inducing. Mm-hmm. Let's see how long that will last. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fairly easy, I guess, to get started. And, Meanwhile, we have great tools like uh, Gutenberg, even if I don't like it, but for somebody just starting out, it's maybe easier than ever to to, to get at least okay looking content sites mm-hmm. with Gutenberg. The, the, the thing that I'm showing on the screen is, I think something of interest though, because it's always it's always good not to be too, what's the word, resting on your laurels, mm-hmm. because here we can see it says in January, Squarespace overtook Drupal and Wix. I come from Drupal, and when I moved away from Drupal, it wasn't because it didn't offer me things. It was just because I wanted a change, and I wanted something which was a little bit more widely adopted. But at the time, it wasn't stagnating. But now, if you look at it, um, we've now got – it's been it, – Drupal has been eclipsed and has dropped into, I believe it's probably fourth place yeah. um, with only 2.5%, I, I believe it is, market share, which is, you know, if you're in that community, things must feel – a little bit more, a little bit different to how they feel to but, us. At the but moment. think about it: four point two percent of ten million sites. Yeah, it's I still mean, a lot. It's still a lot, mm-hmm. and still a huge user base. So don't underestimate it. No, that's true. Well, yeah. and I, you know, I run the Houston WordPress meetup here, and I must get, I must get about two or three a week of new members. I mean, we're. Uh, and it just shows me that the community just keeps growing because I think they see the support as well. So there's you know over three twenty five hundred. I haven't checked in a, in a while, but you know they see that number of people and they feel like if I if I go down the WordPress path, I know I'll have somebody to help me. You know, <laughs> it's not hard. You'll you'll trip over somebody, and and it's just easier to find somebody rather than Drupal and Joomla, which I too I did a couple Drupal sites, but the problem for me was I couldn't find. Yeah, developer that I could, you know, if that person couldn't do it, I come over here to another group. That's so not the case with WordPress. So I think people, mm. this building community and it's free, you know, and there's an entire meetup group of WordPress users and they just join a word. Hey, I, I can't figure this out. How do, how do I do this thing? And there's always somebody just jumping in to help for you. So I think that's just 
part of that growth that you see. Yeah. Yeah, but on the other hand, you get fairly cheap support with WordPress so because there are so many people. It's it's, it's like kind of an advantage and a disadvantage that you get so many people at very low price points doing some stuff. Sometimes unbelievable how 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 people work or what tools they are using. If you get a client which I don't know, outdated software, Visual Compose, and stuff like that. So it's not only a good thing sometimes. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Paul, any thoughts on that, or do you want to segue us into mm. the next piece we've got lined up? Um, yeah. I mean, what's interesting as well is that the stats, the forty percent, is of all websites that they monitor, and that basically something like thirty um, percent of those don't have a content management system that they track. So hmm. they might have a content management system, it might be a custom-made one or something like that. If you actually look at the market share of all of those websites that WordPress has and only include websites that are powered by a content management system of some kind, WordPress is up there at 64.3% at the moment, which is absolutely insane numbers. Um, going back to the 40%, looking at some of the other systems as well. You've got WordPress at 40% has got a steady growth curve. Shopify has got a pretty steep growth curve at 3.3%. Still a huge amount of people. Then you've got Joomla, which has been on a steady downwards trend over the last few years. Squarespace has been more or less flatlining. It's not really growing that much, not really. Um, although I guess it's growing in a way that there are more websites. So, but its market share isn't necessarily growing. Wix is growing a little bit. Drupal is going down. And then some of the ones that have got very steep growth curves at the moment, but are right down in the 0.3 percentages, are the kind of semi-SaaS uh, offerings, big commerce and Webflow. So you can see that if you take the open source systems, some of the old classics, Drupal and Joomla, are definitely on the down some of the SaaS offerings are on a steady rise. Shopify seems to be one of the biggest um, competitors to, to WordPress mm. at the moment. So I guess that's WooCommerce versus Shopify in a way. Yeah, WooCommerce all by itself accounts for a massive proportion compared to any other CMS. It's a bit ridiculous, really. You've got WooCommerce mm. can be counted separately and still is in basically second place to WordPress, which is just bonkers. Um, yeah, it, it just makes me feel really like I'm in the right place, uh, almost mm. to the point where, you know, in the UK, we don't call them vacuum cleaners. We call them hoovers because yeah. it's just like it's just called a hoover because I guess at some point that manufacturer was What's the like one. Phoenix? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. It's like in, in, in Austria, uh, duct tape, something is like called Tixel because it was the first huge brand. Right. And everybody just tells it that way. Well, so well, we have the same thing. We we have a, a local sort of, I mean, we haven't done it for over 18 months because of COVID, but we have a local meetup um, where people who, I don't know, are into in, in businesses in technology in the local area meet up. And it's always surprising to me how many times people call it my WordPress. They don't call it my website. They just call it my WordPress. And I always thought that was quite interesting. But it's on the, it's on the increase. I guess at some point it's got to flatline. You can't have 100%. But uh, we are we are heading towards it. Um, I wonder if they count Classic Press as WordPress. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, no, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. I think it's, uh, but I think I like to, to know, I like to say when you do get some folks that come back and say, I don't know, I don't know if I should do this on WordPress because they, they think of them as smaller sites, right? You know, I think now we can start show, showing sites that, you know, like Vogue and some of these very larger sites that use WordPress, like it can handle anything like people st i think st still have this idea that it's a blogging page builder kind of thing like no you can build some pretty incredible things with wordpress and just it, it that old mentality of what it used to be is it, i think it's just it's still there but i think it's because we're at 60 percent or not 60 percent, but 50 percent now it's just pretty crazy so yeah and just being able to show these other sites that the capability of would be great the um, Cameron Jones in the comment making the point that, yeah, exactly the one that Bernard made that potentially classic presses is 50% of all of the sites that we're talking about. So it's still <laughs> WordPress. <laughs> um, but let's move on because we've got more stories to talk about. Let's go, Paul. Paul Lacey is going to take on this one, which is from GoDaddy. Yeah, we've got an article on WordPress Tavern from Justin Tadlock. And the article is entitled GoDaddy Launches the Hub a new site project and a client management experience for web professionals. So back in 2016 or 2015, I think it was, uh, GoDaddy bought out one of the most popular web uh, WordPress panel systems, which was uh, Managed WP, which is the one I use still at the moment, to be honest. And um, so to put this in context, if anyone doesn't know, uh, this kind of panel that GoDaddy has launched or kind of relaunched is a system whereby let's say you manage a number of websites, you can use the system to manage all your plugin updates, uh, check for uptime, uh, do backups, uh, duplicate sites, do things like staging stuff, that kind of thing, and and manage all that in one central place. So a lot of people who run agencies or freelancers who've got multiple sites under their wing uh, use a system like this, I use ManageWP. So they've relaunched it now. Uh, it's called The Hub by GoDaddy and um, it's just got a new fresh design you can still use the old one if you're using their old hub and what's interesting in the article is that justin says that he was very much expecting to see call to actions all over the place for every single kind of product that GoDaddy's selling right now but he said he was quite pleased that he could not find within the system any upsells whatsoever to try and get you to start buying domains or buy, buy hosting all these kind of things it was a very clean experience and if you look at if you can see the design on the screen if you're watching this at the moment you'll probably notice that it looks like it's taking influence from the whole Gutenberg block editor white style same icons that kind of stuff so um yeah it's an interesting launch uh a lot of people as usual with GoDaddy will always remember the bad old days and <laughs> I think GoDaddy's company is clearly trying to do things to um, do better stuff in the in the community and improve its um, reputation. But it's a massive company. It's a massive company with masses of customers. So it only takes one person on social media to have a bad experience out of the millions of customers they've got. And their bad news story about GoDaddy support will always keep getting reinforced. But they've launched this new product. Apparently, it's totally free. But I think there is some premium aspects in there so let's say you get some you know a free backup per month for three months for instance you can probably change that to a daily backup or a by the minute backup but it's it's worth taking a look if you're not already using something 
I think that this is more a thing for existing GoDaddy users to be using, to be quite honest. Yeah, it, it's not um, it's not like a brand new product, is it? We, you know, we've seen this kind of thing all over the place. There's lots of different. It's like ways a new skin can... on their ori- yeah. already existing yeah. product. Yeah. yeah, I think the point that you made about um, about their legacy is a tough one. I, I've I've got no point where I've consumed GoDaddy things particularly, so I don't have a negative experience. But it would appear that a lot of people going back into the past have got things that they want to air as grievances. Um, Adam Warner, who was being interviewed for this post, he joined GoDaddy to lead their sort of WordPress initiative in 2018. So, um, you know, he doesn't have anything to answer for. In fact, lucky enough to meet Adam at WordPress um, WordCamp in Europe and just really thoroughly decent guy, seems to be taking the ship in the right direction. And this just seems like a sensible tool to have if you're a hosting company of that magnitude in the WordPress space and you want to push the pro initiative that they've got, you need a tool like this. And so now it exists. Looks looks you know, looks like a decent offering if you've bundled a whole load of GoDaddy products already. They've it, it got um, like- managed hosting stuff now, haven't they, I think. So mm. Uh, all of those things. If if the if the ecosystem works for you, then it's great. It's doing what you need. It's whether or not you've got any problems. And I'm sure that out of the millions of users, there's millions that don't have any problems with GoDaddy. Um, yeah. Sorry, Christina, I interrupted you there. Oh, no, I know you covered up with Beth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's all good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I used managed WP for years. I didn't really have any problems when they switched over. Um, my only concern with it, and it still is, I'm like, it's. It looks like it's a, a new skin, but I'm just waiting. Like it's like they halted production on to to improve anything like it's the same managed wp that it was three years ago and i just i don't on my end i don't see any enhancements on what we've been using so that's only my the that's my issue at this point it's like i don't use i don't use the um the performance tool because that doesn't do me any good. I don't use the uptime. It's pretty bad scores, doesn't it? Bad yeah. Scores. Totally managed to repeat. Yeah, it doesn't give me any information. Yeah, it's, it's nothing that I no. can use, and it scares my clients because yeah. they're like, "Oh my god, I got enough." Mm. I'm like, "Just stop. Look at the scores." I don't even use it. I take it off. The, <laughs> I take it off the report, and then there's a uh, the uptime. I don't use that one. I mean, there's just certain features on there I just don't use because it just doesn't do anything for me as a as a developer and a, a you know I manage 135 websites now, and they're all on managed WP, and so I just don't see enhancer. The skinning is great, but the issues I have are way bigger and more in depth, especially when it came to, I noticed that all of my client information, whether they, none of them host with GoDaddy at this point, none of them are GoDaddy hosts, but they now have all of their name, their emails, all of their information is in that one system. So that kind of concerned me when we, when I saw that and lots of upsells, this just looks to me like a, a skin. It's just, they just, they're, they're putting lipstick on a pig at this point. And I'm, I'm just worried like, hey, look what we did. It's all shiny and new now, but I'm waiting, like I need the functionality. People are leaving from what I'm seeing in some of the Facebook groups is people are like, I've had it. The backups aren't working for me. And I, I get errors that we, we try and clone sites. And so when we clone them, it's like, hey, it's cloned. I'm like, I don't see anything. Nothing's happened. We clone it again, nothing's happening. And so it's, just, it's yeah, but then all of a sudden an hour later, there it is. 
<laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what happened? And they're like, that's the upsell. If you want an instant clone, you have to. Uh, <laughs> that's the premium, right? Yeah, yeah. You, have to, you have to delayed clone. Yeah, for, yeah. But then you go back to tech support. There's no chat, right? It's all through an email ticketing system, which is fine. I understand that. But at the same time, it takes them an hour, two hours to get back. Well, of course, an hour later, the site's up. They're like, yeah, oh, see a problem. Yeah. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah, no, this, this, I think, is the problem that they face. Is that for every because they've got so many customers and the in business for so long and they had really quirky approach to marketing a, a while back mm -hmm. um the for every for every comment thread that you read about godaddy there's always somebody ready to hop in and um and offer the alternative so i, I feel it's a really difficult one it's actually interesting i didn't know this but beth who is in the comments she she writes i am a godaddy pro ambassador and the reputation thing is always hard but it is, she says, an excellent product. And then we've got a Facebook user. I should have said at the beginning, apologies, I didn't. If you wish to be anonymous, that's fine. But in Facebook, if you wish us to know who you are, you have to actually go in and click the StreamYard link, which is in the, the main thread, you know, the, the, the copy uh, for, the, for the post itself. Go and click the StreamYard link, and then you can authorize us to know who you are. But they, whoever that's, these... Um, oh. Alex Kalinov. Hi, oh, Alex. hi, Alex. Hello. Thanks for thanks for joining. Uh, he's he's currently using Blog Vault, uh, and he's been happy with that. But he also says, um, GoDaddy showcased their WooCommerce hosting product at Woo London Meetup, which was really impressive. Uh, and on for an onboarding tool for new users. It's by far the best in the industry at the moment. There you go. So there we and go. And that was Ronald from Yith who uh, said ah, that. So not and Ronald okay. knows a lot about... Um, WooCommerce because yeah, he does. works for Yif Beams, and um, yeah, I think uh, GoDaddy have got a um, a bit of a sweet deal from what I understand. There's there's Alex's sorted yeah. it out. Uh, I think GoDaddy have some kind of. I remember we covered it uh, months ago uh, that they had this hosting package at GoDaddy where they'd made a deal with Automatic, and you got a bunch of their premium right. products yeah. like memberships and subscriptions and some of the other uh, plugins that were quite costly for free as part of this deal and people were a bit upset because it was kind of not really fair that they you know a huge company makes a deal with another huge company and there you go you've got a bit of a monopoly or a kind of a, a price wall around some of these um products but i'm i know that uh i imagine that 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 deal for automatic was probably interesting because you've got something like shopify which is onboarding experience is pretty good and then you got woocommerce which is frightening uh, if you've not done it before <laughs> and GoDaddy have managed to partner with Automatic make an onboarding product that feels like you're almost buying something like Shopify and it all works it's just I mean I've got no experience with GoDaddy as well in terms of products but just my um, constant hearing of the, the 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 bad news stories which it's just hard for them to shake isn't it I think when these mm. companies grow so big it's difficult to uh, to keep in touch with the um, community, even if you've got someone like Andrew Warner who is doing an amazing job, always at all the events, always at all the online events, uh, happy to speak to someone one-to-one, -one, anyone who'll make time for people. It's still, it's still like a huge company that is just constantly growing and that growth is just so hard to manage your reputation at that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, 
That is a good segue, by the way, um, I feel, because the next piece, I'm sorry if anybody had anything to say about that, but I'm going to move on because it felt like the perfect moment, is this one. Now, I think probably this is um, an article that is going to interest a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard about this. This is, we've got two pieces today. We've got the, we've got the piece directly from Elementor themselves, and then maybe it'll be a point of discussion. We have uh, Sarah Gooding's take over on WP Tavern as well. But let's start with the, the GoDaddy piece itself. You may or may not have heard this week that GoDaddy, uh, sorry, GoDaddy, that Elementor have decided they're going to adjust their pricing. Um, as with all these things, you know, prices very rarely go down. They tend to go up. And obviously now <laughs> Elementor are a huge force in the WordPress space. They've got probably more support tickets than almost any company in the WordPress space, perhaps aside from WordPress.com. And, and so they've revealed some new pricing. Um, they say that they're in control of currently about 7 million websites, which <laughs> whew, um, just such a staggering number. And so on the screen at the moment, I'm presenting for you so that you can see what their new pricing plans are. I'll go through them because it might be interesting for you to know. They've got they've got possibly some new names attached to them as well, but basically one website is going to be $49 per year. Nothing really much to see there. That's uh, I think pretty much as it's always been. Three websites for $99 a year. And here's where the changes begin like of significance I feel. The, the the previous price point of 199 for a thousand websites has now been changed to 199 for 25 websites. So at this point, I can hear the collective intake of breath as people think, "Well, hang on a minute, that's like that's like 975 less." Well, hang on, wait a minute, because you can also get um, a, a different deal. It's a hundred websites for 499, so that plan's completely new. And then they've got what their their sort of flagship product, if you like, the agency is called uh, is going in at basically a thousand dollars, nine hundred and ninety nine for uh, one thousand websites. Now, the 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 thing to sweeten this deal is that they're offering additional support. That seems to be where they're pitching this. So you know, obviously, the the number of sites has changed, but the the key takeaway that they want to drive home is they've got this thing called VIP support where you get 24-7 live chat. And reading through some of the article, some of the things that Ben Pines was saying over on the WP Tavern article, because they interviewed him, they were try trying to make the point that, you know, this support is supposed to be really a, a premium offering. You know, you are, you are, if you write them an email and you're on the, the, the professional cost, you know, the, the plans that I've just described, you're going to get a response within an hour or less. That seems to be what they're saying. I think I read 30 minutes. Maybe somebody can tell me that was nonsense or not. But, you know, that's pretty amazing if they can pull that off. If you can write a support ticket and basically by the time, you know, you've made a cup of coffee and come back to your computer, you should have an answer. Let's see how that goes. But can you can you imagine what the reaction of the community has been? Obviously, you've had some people who say, look, it's a business. They've got to make money. This is important for their growth. We want the product to be updated. It's got a whole ton of things which need to be worked on, improvements as, as well, you know, fixes for bugs, um, lots of development work that needs to be done. So that's good because we'll get all that investment now. And then you can imagine the other side, the flip side to this is what? what that's like five times as much money as i'm currently paying now well 
go on. Let me. Let, I'll just finish this little bit, and then you can all jump in. They, um, they're. You've got until the 9th of March. If you wish to, um, if you wish to sort of hop in on the current pricing, they're giving you more or less a full month to to hop in. But it, the complication arises that that it's not entirely clear how long that promise will last. In other words, if you buy in before the 9th of March, will the subsequent renewals of that be at the price that you paid before the 9th of March? And Ben Pines in the comments is is careful to say, look, we cannot promise that for obvious reasons. You know, you don't want to don't want to shoot your business in the foot and type something that somebody in a year's time can say, no, but you said this. Well, that's not the case. So it's a really interesting story. It's got a lot of people worked up and um, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, who is affected by that anyway? I mean. Many users are for sure on the smaller plans because, I mean, come on, uh, above, I mean, okay, maybe expert users, but uh, I don't know, a thousand sites that must be huge agency using that. And they don't care, I guess. I mean, if I don't know, there are for sure people that are affected, but I don't think it's that big of a deal for many out there. I don't mm -hmm. know, because, uh, um, and if it improves their support, I'm all for it. I mean, I'm not an Elementor user. Uh, we have just to deal with Elementor users coming, asking POTS questions, uh, especially for everybody using POTS and Elementor. Yes, they have made a bug with the latest update. Just roll back and wait for them to fix it. Um, uh, so that stuff that happens anytime over there. So they need more money to deal with support and, and, and product quality. Um, I mean, uh, Let's see where the ride goes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the um, it's interesting actually. Some some comments in our uh, conversation here. So Alex is making the point that uh, they haven't changed their pricing in what probably since the launch. Yeah, I think the only pricing variation was when they went from unlimited to a thousand sites at the one nine nine model because I think some some licenses were just getting hammered because it was literally unlimited. I think there was, you know, sites, keys were just being posted online and you could find it somewhere and it was totally legitimate to use it. So they, so that wasn't really a pricing change. The only difference in pricing, I think, is is they had a they had a launch deal, didn't they? Right at the very start, where I think it was $49 for unlimited for a small amount of time, but that was just like a, you know, a very, very, very early deal. So I think Alex is right. The pricing hasn't changed. And of course, the... Um, the other thing which gets mentioned all the time, you know, if you're managing a thousand websites and you can't afford exactly. yeah. a thousand, yeah, then yeah. then you're in the wrong business. Yeah, it's interesting because <laughs> this always gets said that way, doesn't it? But but if you've if you've gone like let's say let's say you're in the the, the position that you've got a hundred uh let's put the pricing back up because then I'll be able to do this properly. If you are in the position where you have four sites, it, it that that could be quite a big leap, but still it's not a lot of money. I don't really have a problem with the money here. I think the problem in this article is communicating to your user base, many of whom may be, you know, it might be difficult to meet these new costs, but buy it before it, uh, before it, go, you know, the deal goes well, away. On the the change part. starts at the expert level. Everything be below that, there is no change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, yeah, that's the regular user. That's just the everyday user there. Yeah, yeah. And maybe not. Maybe they need support, but they can wait. Uh, it's it's an offering for people who are working professionally with it, 
and so 500 bucks a year for up to 100 websites isn't cheap and it depends on your where you're living because it's for american it maybe it's, it's okay if you're from somewhere else maybe it's very very expensive um but you get the web support you get all their other additional stuff i think they starting with studio or expert you are listed on their sites as, yes. as a partner yep. so you get a little bit of it in return um, yeah you get a bit of a backlink there that's right yeah yeah. Uh, I always wonder why they not just don't offer sometimes licenses without any support. I mean, that's a funny thing, which I almost never see in WordPress. And I don't know if it would work or not, but uh, to be honest, I don't need support most of the times. And if I need it for most of the plugins, it's crappy anyway, because the questions are really need to be answered are most of the time bugs or stuff like they have to fix. And that's not, a, that's not support any, anymore for me that is keeping your product working or uh, back free. So uh, I don't know if there's a documentation, I don't need somebody to explain, oh, you need to go over there and activate it there because that's stuff you can figure out yourself. Yeah, it's interesting actually. In a way, it'd be quite nice to have the essential or the advanced, which is one site and three sites. It'd be nice to be able to pay to get their VIP support because it strikes me that potentially the, the inexperienced users are the people that are really going to need to get the answer. And it's going to be really frustrating mm. um, to, to have to figure that out yourself or, you know, join a, a Facebook community or a whatever mm -hmm. to figure that out. That Yeah, that's that's quite an interesting pitch. But you are paying for seats as well. So if, you, if you're if you on the 199 plan, you now get uh, premium support, which means an email, uh, you've got a day response time. If you're on the $500 plan, 499, which is called Studio, you get five seats at their VIP support, which is chat, you know, live chat within five minutes, uh, sorry, five people. And then if you're on the agency one, the 999, you get up to 10 people. So, you know, you can see this fitting really nicely with sort of yeah. agencies and well, and I look at it too. So I, like I mentioned, I have uh, 130 websites that we manage. I don't use Elementor. So I'm looking at this like, holy crap, I'd have to upgrade it $1,000 a year to yep. get this to work for me. Now on the flip side though, I run a business. I do the same thing to my clients. I raise my rates. I raise my care plan rates based on what increased costs that I have. And I just say, hey, I've had a massive increase in costs. I got to raise my rates. And you just have to pass on that cost. And the clients just usually they understand, you know, I might lose one or two. But usually now on the flip side, if they are not on a care plan for me, then I tell them, listen, you're going to be responsible for all these licenses. Because right now I pay for all the licenses and all these websites. <laughs> and I added it up one time, it was almost 650, it could be $700 now per year for all of these websites. And so when I when I share my client, I'm like, listen, all the neat stuff that we do with your site that makes it easier for you to maintain an update, we use Beaver Builder. Um, we just say, in, we're, in a year's time, you're gonna be responsible for this. And here's how much it's gonna cost. Yeah. And they just like, they go, oh, I'll go on a care plan then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, this works very well, doesn't it? We could, uh, yeah, you could. No, if you, if, you, if you explain it well and you're just transparent about it, like this is what I, this is my cost. Yeah. You know, if you explain that to your clients and you, they're usually pretty okay with it. Now, you know, switch on over to Beaver Builder. <laughs> now, Beaver Builder better not do this. I don't know. I'm a little. A little yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Do as I do, like, not as I say. Mm. Yeah. Or the other way. Um, Rick, yeah, no, hello, Beaver Rick. Beaver Builder won't do it because uh, there's an article going back from uh, one of the founders just shared recently 
where he explains why he doesn't believe in uh, limited whatever uh, pairs websites. Mm. And in the end, I mean, if you have insights in that amount, you can easily just don't add the license key and copy paste the plugin files. I mean, that's not rocket mm. sciences. As long as they don't lock features until you enter the key, but most of the time, with most of the WordPress plugins, copy paste. Thank you. So it's always a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Rick in the comments uh, says in the in the email they received in which they announced this, they stated if you're on an existing active subscription, nothing changes for you. If I read that correctly, yeah, th- there were a few people that though were concerned that there was no. And again, let me just put the the article on the page. If you go to the um, go to this one, which is uh, the Elementor article written by Sarah Gooding on WP Tavern, um, there was concern that it doesn't mention what will happen in the future, and I'm struggling to find the paragraph. Uh, Elementor Evangelist um, Ben Pines, head of the company's web creator program, and I'm quoting this, has left the question regarding renewals open. He's saying he cannot see into the future. Customers were left wondering whether the lack of clarity on the future of renewals is a foreshadowing of prices going up after the current billing year and he ben said no one can predict the future and offering lifetime price guarantee is irresponsible for any future facing company so um you know but they go out of their way to make it make the point that they've built up a lot of trust with their users over the years and so you know but you on the site itself them. is there is uh, written by by elementor that if you uh, get the bigger plans now agency plan you get a 50 percent discount which will stay on mm, yep 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 so um yeah this is this is just a difficult messaging it's just difficult to put this messaging out in the market you know imagine if your oh i don't know your heating bill went up by 50 or 100 percent or something like that you know you'd, you'd just be freaking out whether it was justified or not <laughs> and that's the problem um you know they've just got a difficult job trying to uh, trying to make it make everybody happy some people concerned more about the price than others maybe you're at the inflection point where you're going from one license to another and like christina said it's just like suddenly oof, ouch you know um and it may be that your business isn't tremendously profitable at the moment, in which case every penny counts. So, yeah. you know. But that goes back to what I'm saying. You have to look at your own business and your own cost structure. You know, the, the, I don't believe that these guys do this because they're just greedy. I don't think that they raise prices just because they're like, hey, whoa, let's make some more money. You know, I believe yeah. they probably looked at it and like, all right, one, to do this thing, we got to do this. Yep. And so I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't just throw money and just decide you know, let's just make it this much money. I think there's probably some decisions in that. They yep. looked at their cost structure. They looked at the support that they were having to do for their for their product. And they're like, we got to make a tough decision here, guys. And they know they'll probably lose some some users, but they'll probably gain some because they'll look at the, the they'll look at the structure, they'll look at the support, and they go, that's what I need. The um, um, the support they've doubled their support team over the last year, and see, they're planning to double expensive. it again yeah. in the coming year. That's expensive. Yeah, it is. it's a lot. And I think currently, last time I last time I checked, I think they had 130 employees. But on the flip side, I'm like Bernard. Yeah. I don't use Beaver Builder support. I I rarely ever reach out to them for anything. So on the flip side, I'm thinking, you can't, why do you, you need compare so much support? <laughs> you can't compare the quality of the product 
uh, with Google Builder, it's a completely different yeah. way of developing. They have more and faster releases. They have sometimes more fancy stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, they target more the, the single user or the, the, the inexperienced user or more kind of web designer type. Uh, with all the drawbacks, uh, faster development means more issues. Um, they happen frequently, and that's not only because of the bigger user base, it's because of the way they work. Hmm. Mm. Okay, so from one mm. company that's growing to another one, um, let's leave Elementor behind for this week. And, sorry, uh, can I say uh, one yeah, or two sorry, things Paul, on yeah. Elementor? Yeah, sorry, Paul, yeah. What I was uh, going to no, say is that... Okay, let's, let's yeah, move on to your one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I I just there's there's a there's a lot confusing about about this whole story because there's so many different opinions and angles to come at it. My own opinion is they have to put the prices up, no doubt about it. Like the and Ben Pines in that statement where he said, "I can't comment on future price changes or." renewal discounts is a highly responsible thing to say at this point because it's absolutely true. Uh, in Matt Medeiros' latest podcast, he pulled out a few figures. Elementor onboards something like 30,000 new users every day, I think it was. It's something absolutely insane. That's probably a mix of premium people or maybe it's new websites or something. It's it's an absolutely ridiculous Maybe it's a month. I can't remember. Either but way, the number it's was not. <laughs> shocking in terms of when you see how much, how many new people are under there, uh, something to do with Elementor as customers or free users, one way or another, and that they had to double their support team, and doubling their support team from say forty to eighty or fifty to a hundred, it's still nowhere near enough to cope with that many people that are onboarding to that product every day. And a lot of people in the community have said, oh, well, you know, they're so greedy. They got $15 million uh, venture capital, etc." Honestly, I've worked in the, the dot-com boom where much more money was passed around than $15 million for web for things <laughs> that really weren't up to much. And um, that $15 million, pff, that'll get eaten up. If you took away the, the money they're making from the sales, that money won't go very far with a company with the kind of people they've got to employ and the product that they've got and the level of support and the growth. Um, I know that Elementor are all about reducing friction for their users, right? They, they, they are obviously venture capital backed and they do need to make a lot of money. And gosh, they should make a lot of money because they've, they've changed the game in a, in a lot of situations. But they are committed to try and reducing friction for their customers. They've not always got it right. If you think how quickly they've grown and think back to GoDaddy, a company that grew super, super quick and now has a, a lifelong reputation pro problem. The last <laughs> thing I'll say on this is really is that this could be a key moment for Elementor to do something of some kind of loyalty bonus to their existing fanatical user base even if those customers part ways and go to Oxygen or go to Beaver Builder, that they part as friends. That's the most important thing to Elementor's reputation right now, that they don't have a bunch of people who were shouting from the rafters about how great this product was, doing the exact opposite for the rest of time. Mm. Um, you see it on AppSumo all the time. A deal comes to AppSumo, $49, blah, 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 and, and then the, the, the mob piles in and says, we don't like the deal, we want a better deal. 
Ben Pines and Elementor at the moment are going, well, you know, you've got uh, a discount on the new VIP support. And everyone's like, I feel like we're getting downgraded on our support. They're probably not. They're probably not. They've got what's called premium support and there's a level before that. And then there's a level above what the people who don't decide to pay anymore have got called the VIP mm. with the chat. This chat level support is new. That didn't exist before. Why should everyone get that for free? Why should they introduce something like that and people don't have to pay for it? They do have a trust issue going forward if they don't do something to address this. The community who is commenting on their blog does not think that enough is being done by Elementor to address this. They could make a big impact if they did something, some kind of gesture at this point before they end up being worth 150 million or 200 million or whatever, just to keep that reputation friendly. That's yeah. all I've got to say. It's very, it's very difficult to figure it all out though, but they've got to do it. This they've is. Got to put the prices up. It, it's obviously contentious. You know, 339 responses to a blog post. It's quite. Uh, it's. Quite, I mean, just look. It just goes on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> and um, people, yeah. people concerned. You know, they've built their business on it. They want to know what the future is. And uh, yeah, interesting. It's 300 interesting responses, right? Half of those are from Ben Pines. So you probably got about 150 people there. If they're onboarding 30,000 a day or a month, even however it is, that amount of people angry is a drop in the ocean to the people. When they're yeah, looking at the spreadsheet and the numbers, it's a drop in the ocean. Yeah. But those people are vocal. Yeah. So that's, those are the people it. that will complain uh, about this for yeah. life. Yeah, they're the people yeah. who'll drop in the comments, as we were describing about GoDaddy earlier. You know, two they're years trolls from now. renting yeah. around. <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting. Thanks, Bernard, for sharing that piece. We actually. Paul and I, before we had this conversation on the live, we, we, we did actually mention this about how Pippin had taken, Pippin Williamson from uh, Sandhills Development, EDD and so on, he'd taken the decision to really radically change his pricing model um, in order to make it more cost effective for their business. You know, they, they literally doubled and in some cases more than doubled, I think, the price of their product, but had fewer customers, but had less support and the exact same revenue if not more so that was yeah really interesting um okay okay elementor we're done for this week shall we segue uh this is you again paul we're going to be talking about wp feedback well it's not wp feedback anymore it's gone yep so dopey feedback um product by vito peleg who's been on this show a number of times he's always booking back in isn't he after yeah after he comes on <laughs> and um Good guy, Vito. We've, uh, a lot of us have met Vito. And um, he's got his product, Dopey Feedback, which is like a, a user design feedback tool. That's how it began anyway. Although he's saying it's a lot more than that now. And at the beginning, what you could do is you can install this on your WordPress site. And let's say you had some clients. You could use it to ask your clients to say what they liked or didn't like or what was working or not working. Or if you had a live website, you could use it to gather support requests You know, so that someone can point at the thing that's not working for them on the website put a sticky note on that and and then the system communicates to you via email and within the system itself. So it's like a feedback tool, much like product, product uh, Project Huddle or Envision, I think, does a similar sort of thing. Now, um, this product started out as a pure WordPress plugin with a SaaS element that was largely invisible. So you did everything within the WordPress plugin side of things. Now, in a recent interview on WP Tonic, uh, Vito was interviewed by Donna, Jonathan Denwood hmm. and Vito was talking about that some of the customers on that they were supporting had websites with over 200 plugins installed on them and were wondering and thinking that you know a problem with this 
a problem with dopey feedback was related to dopey feedback. And Vito was kind of talking about a lot of the growth problems with that, that they never expected that that actually was a thing. Um, it turned out it's quite a common thing and how badly some websites are made. So they started this journey over to a SaaS product where they weren't reliant on the ever-changing WordPress um, ecosystem and the people in it that will pile on loads of products. They know now that if they're supporting someone, it's nothing to do with the plugins. It's a SaaS level product and it's doing very little within the WordPress product. Now, what's interesting here is that this product has grown. They've grown a lot of users very quickly, uh, not to the level that Elemental have, not to the level as GoDaddy have, because they never will because it's much more niche product than that. But everyone who bought a lifetime deal or a deal with WP Feedbacks, and what I understand, has got the same deal just with the SaaS product now. So they've got a, got a kind of upgrade in a way. So if you're a lifetime product owner with the plugin, you're a lifetime deal owner with WP Feedback. And it's easier for us to say, oh, look at that, you know, Elementor. You should, you should do the same. You should make sure that everyone's grandfathered in and got the best of the best and stuff like that. Um, but it's a different level of growth. Uh, but good luck to uh, Vito with the, the new SaaS product, Atarim, which apparently in Hebrew means websites. Yeah, that's right. And apparently there's a lot more functionality that this does than their, than their original product does. And moving this to SaaS means that they can do all the things that they wanted to do in the future. Be interesting to see if the pricing changes for them in a year's time but for now uh everyone who was in i think is the same it, it strikes me as like a you know i don't see a downside to putting this into SaaS at all you know the the the, the heavy lifting that this plugin needed to do to make it useful um it, it feels like this is a bit of a you know a no-brainer for their customers and as you said paul if he's just grandfathered everybody in that's really nice. If you're on the screen, you can see the sort of dashboard that you'll get now. Um, Beth, who I presume is a user of uh, what was WP Feedback and is now at a rim. I'm sorry, um, Christina, your face has been <laughs> been covered over by Beth's temporarily. Um, it says, Vito wants the product to be the central communication and workflow app for WordPress sitemap to wireframes to design feedback. Yeah, he's going for the, the full Monty. It just looks really nice. Looks really nice. And I am sure that it will have him on at some point to explain um, how it all works and how it's put together. But um, yeah, it nice be, nice to know that they're taking all that. It hit. would be great if they became a bit of a competitor to manage WP. I don't, you know, and not so much as like the full Monty, everything that they do, but it would, for me, as from a work uh, uh, process standpoint to have one place where clients can leave comments, even on a live site, you know, if they'd log into their back end and they go live, they can see and leave comments for us. If we have to make updates and changes on a live site, you know, cause right now for us, I don't know if anyone else says it's all, you know, I use uh, project huddle, but it's on a separate site and clients before we go live, they can leave their comments like this, but it would be really great if, on a live site, I just a plug in, but then I have something like this where it's tied in with my ticketing system somehow. So when they leave a comment, hey, I need to change this here, it creates a ticket on my end. But at the same time, if I could have a tool on here where I'm backing it up, maybe, like I said, not the full managed WP, but a backup tool from here. So before the developer goes in and makes a, a change or something, it backs up, looks over some comments. We can delete comments while we're in there. I don't know, just something that would be really, really great on a live site from my client's perspective. I would look like a hero 
if they could just come into something and just make changes on a live site. Sorry, I keep yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, that's really interesting. And the fact that it was, it had a particular name, you know, WP feedback really locks it into two different things, doesn't it? A, it's WordPress, WP, mm -hmm. but it's also it's feedback. And there's quite mm -hmm. a lot of comments coming in about, about, you know, exactly what you've just said, uh, Christina. I, it could go anywhere now, now that he's mm -hmm. got a SAS app, which is just called website. Mm -hmm. um in hebrew it could couldn't it it could do all of those managed wp related tasks and it limited only by the team's imagination so yeah quite a lot of people using it in the comments um yeah sorry bernard no not really i was just thinking about how many tools now want to have your site in their system linked mm -hmm. with it I don't know, um, ManageWebP or uh, I don't know, self-hosted version of MainWP or WebBugs using and um, updating your security stats uh, and this one and that. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I understand the move because you're more, not, more or less uh, binding the customer to you. But on the other hand, uh, like uh, especially in Europe with all this data privacy laws, um, many customers might not be really, well, you know, everybody can log into the site via the connections from their service. So you move it to a single point of failure. If they have a hack, every site can be affected. So it's, I, I'm not quite sure how, about, how I feel about all those moves to those centralized systems and giving away some part of the control while I see the benefits, but that's one of the reasons I stuck with project title which I can self-host or think about moving to main VP because I can self-host it. Yes, it's more effort, but on the other hand, you have a little bit more control over some parts of it at least. Yeah, I feel though, you know, people that, so like George in the comments is saying he got the lifetime deal um, when it was on offer back in the day, uh, as did Rick here, it, you know, it, it You've done quite well there, haven't you guys? Because this is this is definitely they're, they're really up in their game, um, and you guys are all grandfathered in. You've got this, whether you're going to use it or not. It's interesting because Rick here says that he sort of used the, he's <laughs> off. He's gone to Project Huddle, but then further down, he actually says, "Actually, I like the look of this. This product looks pretty <laughs> good." So, you know, it's going. SAS might have um, might have turned a few heads, and Sean saying. Uh, does Atari mean something in Hebrew? <laughs> Games console uh, would be my guess. But uh, anybody else want to chip in on that, Paul? No. I, th I think um, you mentioned the word grandfathered. Um, I mean, this is one of those those ongoing themes of you know the commercial side of WordPress is changing so quickly, and the core side of WordPress is changing so so, so quickly. And from what I understand, Vito has. Mm -hmm grandfathered in those customers so they do move smoothly over to the SaaS product. If if we were to have new things like manage WP type functionality in there, would that still be something that the lifetime deal people would get? You would hope to think so because compared to what the scale of growth could be if they did add some of these extra tools, you think that those those couple of people would be worth keeping as loyal um, uh, advocates of your product. But just to talk about an alternative, uh, another tool, not an alternative tool, another tool called uh, Optin Monster, uh, which is like a oh. pop-up tool. Yeah, so so they've also done a similar thing recently where they've moved over to a SaaS-based model. And it used to be a WordPress product, and they've moved to a SaaS model. 
And they also had some lifetime deal owners as well. And if you check on Twitter or speak to a couple of people who had those deals, you'll see that they're very unhappy, probably even more unhappy than your Elemental users at the moment. Because your Elemental users are just worried about what might happen in the future. And they're worried that they don't have this VIP support, yet they were the top tier before and they've got to pay more for that. Whereas the opt-in monster original kind of people who you would sort of say are those people that help put money into the company at the start to get it to to do what it needed to do to actually to, to get it off the ground those lifetime deal users have not been grandfathered into the SaaS product <laughs> they've been offered a, a discount on the SaaS product but essentially their lifetime deal for the product is over and I know that a couple of people I know there's someone who's watching today who uh, was one of these people actually uh, contacted them queried this concept of you know lifetime uh i paid this money it said lifetime oh no no it's moved to a SaaS thing so it's a different product and and here's what the response was it's in the terms and conditions on their website as well at some point opt-in monsters terms and conditions changed to say that at any point if you use our product you are agreeing with our current terms and we can change the pricing at any point within the next 30 days notice. Now, that's pretty pretty sketchy, I think is, is the best way. It has upset a lot of those founder members who will not be using any more of those companies' products anymore. And I think this is the thing that we've all got to be careful of, whether it's Atrium, sorry if I said that wrong. Atrium. Um, Ele Elemental, uh, even Beaver Builder, or any any commercial product within WordPress or webs or SaaS or anything like that, is that the, the environment that we're all working in and the financial, the economy, everything is changing so much that we cannot assume that these companies can keep things the same as they are. And we cannot assume that morally they will see it from the same side that we do. So yeah, Ben Pines is saying we, we might not, we might change things in the future. And that, like I said, that's a responsible thing to do because they might have to, just like Optin Monster have. But I think Optin Monster, they should have honored those couple of grandfathers customers. I can't imagine it's that many. It's, it's really interesting as well though. That, yeah, just by using the, the tool. Every day. Yeah, yeah. Mm. just by using the tool, you are agreeing to the new term. And we've all been there, right? You you log into, I don't know, Google or something, and it says you've got to, you've got to acknowledge the new terms and conditions. And there is literally no way you're going to read that because uh, it's a waste of half of the morning. Mm. Uh, so you're just going to click OK and accept. But um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, if you bought something... I think we've just got to be really careful with the with our stack. You know, let's go back a, a year or two, maybe, you know, the last couple of years, up until maybe a year ago, it was very exciting to keep adding tools. You know, oh, this thing's coming out. It's this much money, and I can add that. I can make some money off that. And this is coming out, and this is coming out. I think now we've all got to realize that a bit of a economic bubble burst in WordPress in an in an e a WordPress economy where everything was priced too low for starters. So moving forward, I think just anyone who's make you know got an agency or freelancer, just be careful what you're buying. Don't have too much dependency on those companies because they can change their terms and you might not be happy with it, but you'll just have to suck it up. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Be careful. Be careful. Um 
the wild, wild west, as Bernard likes to say. <laughs> that's my term. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I'll, I'll, yeah. Copyright Bernard Grinot, 2021. <laughs> the, the next piece, though, is we're not really going to dwell on this, I don't think, are we, Paul? This is Birgit was on the, the show a couple of weeks ago, and she's heavily involved with the, the core team and making full site editing something big and interesting and new for us to all get, in, you know, salivate about. And we've got a piece here that you just wanted to highlight, I think, really, more than anything else. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, look at that. Isn't that a happy picture there? <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so uh, Sean O'Neill says, after uh, the, uh, you know, carefully choose your commercial products, he says, uh, so Gutenberg then, which segues nicely onto this article. Thank you there, Sean. Um, so the Gutenberg project, as much as it looks, quite frankly, a bit of a mess at the moment, especially with full site uh, editing, I've looked at it myself. They've got a long, long way to go. I think they know it, uh, but it's always going to be free. There's never going to be a license. And you could technically do, you could technically, if you wanted to, replace a lot of commercial tools that you pay for at the moment. So my my uh understanding of this project changes and my opinion on this project changes week by week and it's really <laughs> useful to get to talk to different people one minute i'm having a rant about how ridiculous it is and it's never going to work the next minute i'm like this is our obi-wan kenobi you know this is our only hope against the other commercial products that can change their terms and conditions every single day so uh the problem is um if you think elemental have got problems with communication the core team behind this really have got problems with communication because if you want to talk to the people involved in this product, you've got to go into maybe a Slack group or something like that. Uh, you've got to be there omnipresent because those comments will just keep popping up the page and you'll only get whatever's at the bottom there. Um, but wouldn't it be awesome if this works and we really actually get, a, a, it might be a year, it might be two years, it might be three years, what if we get a really awesome way of building websites out in WordPress that makes our websites fast? We're not reliant on lots and lots of different commercial plugins, accessible, and it works. That'd be awesome. So it's a good time to start looking at this project, the full site editing, the Gutman project. And if you can, put some positive energy into it, help the people doing it, give them constructive feedback and, uh, like I said, the problem, the problem is nobody knows really what's going on. Birgit here has done a great job of summarizing a lot of complicated, unintertwined conversations and trying to summarize where they're at at this current point. So go and check it out on uh, GutenbergTimes.com. It's a huge article, but if you want to know what's going on and you want it digested, this is this is as small as it boils down to. Yeah, but it's just the fact that's that it's, it's, yeah, like you said, Paul, it's all over the place and disparate and difficult to know. And mm -hmm. obviously somebody like Birgit has made it a mission to be involved in this community. And, you know, she produces a weekly podcast about Gutenberg and about the way it's moving. And so this this article just struck me as well worth surfacing just because it's it's kind of everything in one post. If you If you want to know what's coming down the pipe, Go and look at this article. In fact, just just go and share it with everybody in WordPress because we all need to know what's coming. And although it's a fairly lengthy read, most a lot of it is links to other stuff. But if it piques your interest, um, make sure to, to give Birgit a, a thumbs up. Can I just say something which is a little bit weird and I wasn't planning to say? I'm actually doing a podcast interview with Joe Seffer 
Josepha Hayden Champosi on Thursday. Now she's the she's the director of she's the executive director of WordPress, the WordPress project. And so what she what she thinks and what she says matters. Anybody's got any questions that you want me to ask her, particularly around the subject of full site editing, let me know. Um, either put them in the, I don't know, I, th I put a thread in the WP Builds Facebook group earlier today, so go there and search it. It'll be fairly near the top. It's the most recent one I wrote. But, um, you know, it, I, I, I won't be speaking to her particularly frequently, so it's a bit of a one-shot a one -shot deal. I'd like to ask her the right questions that people are, are interested about, especially around Gutenberg, the communication of Gutenberg, how it's launching, especially with full-site editing, mooted to com and what a minimal viable minimal minimal viable product for that looks like so let me know let me know and i'll try to do my best to get as many of those questions to her as possible bernard christina anything on that or should we move on well it's the wild wild west and it's a good thing and i hope they they, they will find a way and i'm very sure there will be always add-ons improving on whatever is there and ever exists in core because there are so many use cases where WordPress is used nowadays. It, there will be always a playing field. Hmm. Christina, yeah. anything? No, just, um, you know, I think it's just from, from my my end, it's always trying to communicate to my clients about what's happening because sometimes I hop on there, I'm like, what? what's this now? Like, where is that yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. And so if I can't find it, that's one of the things I have to just kind of educate my clients. So I'm, you know, I, I didn't know about the site. So I'm going to check out the site a little yeah. bit more. And, and um, but with my clients, I have to do like quick videos for them. Like, this is how you do that thing that you were asking for. But um, yeah, I mean, I just, it, I, yeah, I'm curious to see what their idea with front end, what that's going to look like in next year two years, it goes back to our conversation with Elementor and all these price increases. If Gutenberg's going to be free, you know, how is, how, and it, I think we've talked about this way before when Gutenberg came out was, you know, are we going to need Beaver Builder and Elementor and all these, you know, uh, uh, front end kind of tools. And so I'm just yeah. curious what Gutenberg will do. And so how much money, you know, will we need it? Do we need to spend a thousand dollars a year for Elementor at some point yeah. or any the, of these plugins. The nice thing about an article like this is it's just somebody who's totally immersed in that as, you know, I mean, she's probably really busy being immersed in all of that, but she's taken the trouble to then write it up so that people like oh. you and I can just find this one authoritative source of how it is, how it stands at the moment. I don't know if she's going to update this if things change, but um, anyway, it's a nice piece. Actually, we were supposed to do a different piece next but I'm going to change because it just fits better, I think, Paul. Hopefully that's all right with you. I'm going to go to mm. the WP Rocket article. Uh, man alive. You know, if there was a company that had to have a fast-loading website, it had to be WP Rocket. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's just no excuses, is there? I, I'm just going to say, go to the, the the article that I'm leading leading to is an explanation of how they built their new website, of which this is a blog post. But just go to the new WP Rocket website, right? Just go now, open up a new tab and go to <laughs> wp-rocket.me. I am more or less guaranteeing that you've never seen a website load as quickly as that. And then just click around a bit. And whoa, yeah. Whoa is right. 
it's literally instant. Um, so, firstly, props to them. I know this can be done right. You know, put enough time and effort in and figure it all out. But still, I, I've, I have never seen a site load as quickly as that. I've maybe seen ones that equal it, the likes of Google. But, you know, that is blooming fast. So this is a piece um, explaining why they chose to use Gutenberg to do it how they made that decision, why they, they're a toss-up. It was a toss-up between developing something based upon ACF blocks or going with Gutenberg. It, it seems like quite a cost-intensive cost process because they had to develop 24 of their own unique blocks to satisfy what they wanted. I'm presuming most of that was presentational. You know, they wanted things to be in a certain way and look this way and not that way. And obviously, they had real constraints around it being as performant as possible. So this is an article which just explains how they did it, why they did it, what was involved. It's a big read. There's an awful lot in here uh, explaining how they built their custom blocks and, and all of that sort of stuff. But the reason I wanted to surface this right now is, it, it, you know, if companies like WP Rocket are taking the initiative to flip to Gutenberg and they, you know, with their extensive experience, with their budget for this, if they can pull something off like this with the block editor. I mean, it's not its not the most revolutionary design you've ever seen, but still pretty impressive. I really like it. I actually don't use WP Rocket, but I am i was blown away with how quickly this uh, this site loaded. Um, my site using WP Rocket is, feels just as fast as this. I mean, not once you're going to the lo login or if you're checking out products, but yeah. I mean, that's caching. But it's, yeah, it, it's important that the backend itself and the working on it is fast. And it's that's a great example where the future is is, is at. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's stuff that uh, can be done in different ways. Um, but it's great. Yeah, it's fast. But also just fascinating to me that a company of this, uh, of this magnitude you know, everybody's heard of these guys. They would decide to go to, to Gutenberg and build in that way. Quite interesting. Sean, are they sharing their blocks? I don't know. That would be a nice gesture, <laughs> wouldn't it, if those 24 blocks uh, were available to all of us? I don't know. Um, time will tell. But it's uh, it's quick. Man, it's quick, and it's built on Gutenberg. So anybody want to comment on that? Yeah. I um, use WP Rocket at, at the lifetime license. I use it for all of our sites. I do have a little bit of problems when it's trying to connect, when it's working with um, Cloudflare. They kind of tend to, you know, have some issues working together, but I love it. I think it's a great tool. I use it all the time. So, but my site, you know, I get under a second on my site. I use Beaver Builder. Um, but again, it goes back to the con concept of block editors and where they're going, you know, at some point. Um, do we even need some of these page builders that we're using right now? But yeah, it's lovely. I mean, even now I'm looking at GT metrics on it and that sucker, I mean, the, even the first paint, there's like one white block <laughs> and then it's boom, it's completely filled in. So it's yeah. pretty yeah. astounding. It's, yeah, it's it good is. For good for yeah. them. Yeah, that's it. That's it, right? It's just a total masterclass in pulling this stuff off. So sorry, mm -hmm. Paul. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of the things I want to say is that um, one of the ways they've got this website super fast is not just the tool they're using, whether it's Gutenberg or something like that. It's actually the the design methodology that they're using. So they're very aware of what goes into the speed tests, the, the actual performance and that kind of thing. And they're doing everything right. They're using SVGs everywhere. They're not using big images unless they absolutely have to. So they've, they're ticking all the boxes from all sorts of different angles. 
Um, I'm a Dopey Rocket user. I love Dopey Rocket. It's been the most stable um, caching solution that I've used, especially, I can't remember what the most recent version was, but they added this uh, JavaScript hack in there to some extent. I don't know if you probably all know who used it. And um, that really helped on the page speed scores. Um, I actually it was pretty inspired by this article and did a lot of um, work this weekend to try and see if I could recreate similar kind of um, scores and speeds with a Beaver Builder, uh, some Beaver Builder pages. Because um, one of the things that I'm doing as part of my new thing is is not just building loads of websites anymore. I'm trying to look into helping people and companies make better websites. So I've been re-educating myself on this. This article is really interesting. And while I'm not on board with you know the Gutenberg block editor for creating client-type websites and agencies, I don't think by and large, can can get on board with that as well. I wanted to see if Beaver Builder was capable of uh, producing such uh, results. It turns out it is, um, but goes back to my point of you need to think about how you're designing things. Um, in fact, Alex Kalinov, who is um, in the comments today, he, he was to, we were backwards and forwards all, all through the weekend talking about this with Elementor and Beaver Builder and the block editor and, <laughs> and everything. Um, but you do have to design in a way that you're aware of what the page speed scores are looking for. Looking for, um, You're aware of what you're putting in that first block of content uh, for the first paint and everything. And I did manage to get um, a Beaver Builder page using uh, Dopey Rocket on a RunCloud server with, um, I think it was a Volta high frequency server, uh, loading in 200 milliseconds and scoring 94 on, on mobile and uh, 99 on desktop. But I had to do some things with the images and stuff like that to to, to achieve that. I also I bought mean, Perf Matters, which is another um, performance plugin. Uh, Perf Matters, I think it's something to do with. Uh, it's Brian. Brian used to, Brian to, used with, to work. Yeah, uh, Brian from Kinsta. Used to be we, something to do with Kinsta, not yeah. Kinsta anymore. Yeah, and that plugin was pretty awesome as well in terms of doing some of the things that caching plugins don't tend to do. And my aim was to make sure I was getting a stable site and a um, fast site scoring well as well it was possible if you can use the block editor though you will not have to mess <laughs> around with those stability issues that you will if you're using a page builder like beef builder or elementor if you want those 90s top sp top scores on google page feed you've got to do some pretty hardcore caching and combining of files uh, whereas the gutenberg editor by itself pushes out a lot less code a lot mm. less files so Dopey Rocket have done absolutely the right thing to choose this as their way to build a website. It is the, makes absolute sense. If they were using something else, it would not make any sense to me. But it is possible to do it with those other tools, but you've got to work a lot harder. I can sense Bernard's got something controversial to say. Uh, well, this discussion about page scores always surprises me because in the end, it's about how fast the site is to interact with for the user. And if you take a look mm -hmm. how bad Amazon ranks on all those testing tools, mm -hmm. man, they won't sell it back if it comes down to these metrics. Uh, it's it's an indicator, yes, but it's not the only thing. And it's suddenly nothing. Uh, everybody should just scream, yeah, I need to screen 100%. No, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't yeah. need a CDN for every page if your customers are local. And you don't need all that fancy stuff if your site loads below two seconds and you're not Amazon or a huge uh, whatever store. 
I don't care about it. It's 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 about how fast users can interact, um, what you want them to do, and uh, that's important, and not the the last little bit of green on those testing tools. Mm -hmm. um, is that you? Is that you? Though. Sorry, Paul. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah well, then you have to educate them. <laughs> As, as Paul yeah, sharing his ever so memorable URL on the screen. <laughs> I'm not even going to try. Yeah, yeah, that easy out. to remember. <laughs> Funny. I just was uh, inspired to try, actually, because um, <laughs> yeah. I was always, I always, yeah, I always yeah, know yeah. that the page speed scores are the hardest to get a green lights on. Yeah. And um, I was determined I to see. And funny enough, uh, Bernard, you mentioned CDN. I uh, I got lower scores with a CDN. But clearly, yes. a CDN is a more responsible way to do things. So those scores are meaningless to the most part. Mm -hmm. But um, I turned off the CDN, and I would gain like seven more percent. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. um, we got to press on because we've got four minutes to cover two articles, which we're not going to manage. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll move quickly on. Anyway, nice article, WP Rocket. We'll go to the the Beaver Builder one. This is Paul's domain. Yeah, super quick on this one to give Bernard a couple of minutes on pods. Uh, this is just a, an article just flagging up that the quality of articles on the Beaver Builder blog for their user base has vastly improved in the last couple of months. So if you are a Beaver Builder user and you want long-form tutorials about how to do some pretty complicated things with Beaver Builder, go and check it out and you can find out some... Um, some really good content on there because the Beaver Builder blog was definitely falling behind on things like the Elementor blog in terms of Elementor showing you how you could build a full e-commerce website with Elementor. Now Beaver Builder seems to have uh, noticed that kind of thing and they're pushing out some amazing content. But this, this, this one's by a guy called Will Morris who actually happens to, I think, be quite local to where I am. And I guess he, he's writing these articles for Beaver Builder when he's not designing wallpaper. Oh, I feel there was a joke in there that I've missed. <laughs> oh, William Morris. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that what you meant? It's a good one, hey? That was, okay. that's, when you know, <laughs> yeah, when you, know yeah, you get a reaction yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. You know it's a good joke. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, William Morris, of course. Yes, yeah, I get it. Um, I think you're right. I, I've seen a, a slew of their... In fact, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago we, we mentioned the fact that they were on a bit of hiring spree, weren't they? And maybe maybe this blog content is one of them. Um, I think they're still hiring. I think they're yep. hiring for a video creator, video creator, writers, uh, video, a video, yeah, video creator. If that's what you call it, I you know, saw like that for their YouTube channel, thought, that tutorials, that those job. kind of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so if, uh, go check out their job section if they've still got some um, openings there. Okay, and last but by no means least, this week we're going to unleash Bernard uh, to tell us to tell us all about pods, uh, the power of yeah. pods. Yeah, of course. We have released the beta version of 2.8, so go, go and check it out. Uh, links, I think, uh, Nathan has added. There's a lot of stuff in it. It's, uh, I think that's stuff which has been talked about the last years and have been postponed for various reasons. People who follow it uh, may be aware of it. Uh, quickly to say it adds uh, a new admin interface, like editing your pod settings, get vastly improved and based on React. Uh, we get the full support for Gutenberg. You get Gutenberg blocks for everything. You get like for like you have with ACF and, and, and a way to build out blocks without using any JavaScript or deal with all the messy stuff around it. Just a few lines of PHP to con con configure it. So that's very interesting for developers maybe. 
uh, and it lays the groundwork for an sooner to come uh, 2.9 release where we can then iterate on loop fields. Like you can use similar stuff like now with our relationship fields, but then we have loop fields which are stored just in one field or just can be repeated on the same article without linking out. And to round it all up, uh, Scott is working on the, the Pods Pro version where you can uh, mm -hmm. give back to Pods and get his work for a very reduced amount of money. So like if you donate $60 a year to, to Pods, we are the friends, you get the, the, that a discount from his pro offering. So like you get one user license for $15 a year. So it's just just to give people an incentive to uh, support pods where the friends, uh, I don't know, call it feature set or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you get add-ons like uh, he's working on an integration for Elementor because the current integration done by the Elementor team is always broken. And we have so many issues and so many support questions. Um, they are sadly they aren't really responsive because they have so many customers to deal with. So um, we spoke about that earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, I can understand it. Um, 30,000 every and, 10 seconds, I think it was. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. So the best right. thing is just go, just go check it out. Uh, give us feedback because the battery is still not stable and don't use it on your live system, please. Just don't do it. It's a better and it's a real better. It's not like a release candidate. Uh, play around with it, report back what you're missing or whatever. Uh, you can do it via GitHub or just join our Slack channels, uh, just the classical ways. I think that's, yep. that's it in a very brief and short answer. Yeah. Nathan what, can what, finish on time. I will. I will. Put the show notes. What we're looking at is it's over on training.ithemes.com. It's a one hour, and I think it's one hour four minutes or something like that um, webinar with Scott, which explains what's going on. So you know we've given you the three minute version, but if you want the one hour full version with all the bells and whistles, click on the link in the show notes, and you will be able to find it. And from the horse's mouth, as they say, um, I have no segue from horses to anything else I wanted to say. I just want to say thank you very much to Paul Lacey. You're supposed to go, nay, at this point or something. I'm, like I'm trying to think of a joke, but I've, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've given my my daily uh, quota of amazing jokes. Today, I'd, I'd so, say you've uh, used up 20. I've got no more left. I'd say you've used yeah. up 2021's uh, assignment of, of quality gags. With no, that one. no, you'll be surprised. You'll okay, be surprised. Okay. We, hey. I wait. Yeah. Nathan, there's just one plug there. I, I wrote a blog post on the Please. WP Elevation uh, website, uh, WPElevation.com, on offboarding. So um, the importance of onboarding, but even more important when you offboard somebody. So if you're oh, okay. Thank you. Out, so. If you want to drop that in our little cool. private chat on StreamYard, I'll put sure. it into the show notes so that people okay. can read it. WP Elevation, you said. So find the WP Elevation link. Uh, it'll be right at the end of the other links because we try to keep them in, in order. But yeah, thank you. Thanks for mentioning that. That's good. So, Paul Lacey, we'll see you next week. Christina and Bernard, thank you both for coming on. I, I'm sure I'll be sending you a link if you want to come on again. But um, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday for a podcast episode. We do this every Monday and then we'll put it out every Tuesday. So we'll see you at some point very soon. Now we have the awkward bit of waving and saying goodbye, <laughs> never <laughs> quite knowing Bye. when it's going to end. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.